It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, February 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that, honestly, is not sure what to make of that all-star weekend, Russ. I, I mean, I, I couldn't watch it straight through. I just couldn't. Uh, so much to talk about, plus a preview of tonight's matchup against the Islanders and our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. If you want to ask us questions, you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag coming up this week, so get those questions in. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. And you can see our smiling faces. Russ, uh, just one bit of news before we get into the All-Star Game talk. Uh, They did find a substitute for Cam York to go to the AHL All-Star Game, and that is Ronnie Adderd. So uh, as we are uh, recording this, he and Tyson Forster are headed to the AHL All-Star Game and participating in the skills competition, and the game itself is tonight. No, that's great. I I actually... um... Just wrote something about Ronnie Adder that I'll post in a day or two. So I kind of did a deep dive on him and was happy to see that he got voted and uh, he's having a good season. The only thing, Rachel, again, this is going to haunt us. Uh, he's fifth in rookie scoring for defensemen in the league. Care to take a guess who's third in rookie scoring for defensemen in the league and hasn't even played nearly as many games and has more points than Ronnie Adder? Care to take a swing at that? I'm going to say it's David Yerichek, Russ. David Yerichek. Oh, God, you know me too well. All right. Heading into the NHL All-Star game. Man, Russ, this weekend, discombobulated is the best word I can come up with to describe it, right? Was there any practice? Was... And I mean practice from everybody. I don't mean just the league. I mean ESPN, too. If you're going to have gags to do, you need to have a dry run. It's not like Saturday Night Live just goes up there and does says, oh, we're going to do this bit and never practices it. you got to practice all this stuff. And it's just so many things. But as far as the um, the skills competition, we all like the fastest skater. That's fine. Uh, I'm not sure I like the idea of them hanging each one like, well, we'll get back to it later. I, I don't think I love that. No, that was a terrible that was decision. A bad, that bad idea. But whatever. They 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 held that for ransom. They held the, uh, you know, the um, hitting the targets for the accurate shot. That's really good. McDavid shined. That was great. Um, I'm, I'm also not going to make the mistake of saying, well, he looks like Messi because Messi was much older when he did it. But he still did it in great fashion. And then that's. That was what you would want from Connor McDavid. Um, 
A lot of other stuff is head scratching. It really is. Rules were confusing with the goaltender competition. Uh, if they're going to golf on a golf course, then just golf. Don't incorporate hockey into it. Just golf. Like, I didn't well, understand that theory either. Listen, as a person who pretty much despises golf, and I will absolutely cop to that, them just going to the golf course and doing the bit of the quiet commentary literally put me to sleep. I'm I like, know. this is why I don't like golf in the first place. I know. It was, it was so bad. dull on television. You know, the dunk it's tank thing was Yeah, the dunk tank thing wasn't bad, but the problem was – you had very situation. You only had like two good situations for the whole thing. And one of them was Fox because he hit like the last two and the dunk tank right. in a row. And so that was like, great. But like, there were so many misses on that. And it's just like, I don't know the surfboards. Like, honestly, I liked the surfboards. Honestly, it's okay. I liked the event. I think they did, maybe didn't have the right people doing the event, but I, I think that the event itself, if you're going to try something new, I thought it was actually creative and I'm glad they took a shot at it like that. We got to see Sidney Crosby dunked in the tank, which I think was really fun. It was, um, that was, so, good. Uh, you know, of all of it, I think that at least they tried and it was a good idea. You know, there were some small executional issues with it, but, uh, it was just like the rest of it, you know, like you said, with the interrupting of the events and, you know, ESPN put their golf guy who very few oh, people God. in the hockey world would even know on that detail was just clunky, man. It was just bad. It was so clunky. And and so there were only really, I, I would say, in the grand scheme of the skills competition, two good things about it overall. Number one was Sergei Ovechkin. Sure. Like I am dunk adorable kid mm -hmm. love 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 the sid Ovi combo yep. with the kid although they can never yeah after this weekend with the texting they do and that they can never push rivalry night again like for years <laughs> they tried to pit ovechkin and crosby against each other and even they never bought into it well at least maybe they could sell it as frenemies right right, right. that's how you can do it and then the other big moment, of course, was Sarah Nurse pulling yeah. a Forsberg on Igor Shesterkin. And, and that was legit. That was great. It was completely legit. And the fact that they tried to minimize it in the post-game, like, presser. Yeah, that's like, shameful. Oh, maybe he wasn't trying. No. That's Come shameful. On. She did that for oh. real. And she even did this, which was great. Like, the whole thing was great. Yeah. And Shesterkin knew he got beat. Like, he's he would yeah. come for that. Like, that, there's nothing wrong with that completely so yeah i would say uh we ovechkin and sarah nurse were the highlights of the skills competition yeah, skills was rough the, man the you know the game or tournament itself was was okay it was okay. fine so here you got to stop there so they probably should call it a tournament because what's interesting is they still do call it the all-star game but what was interesting was I had to listen to part of it because I was going to somebody's birthday party, a surprise party, and I couldn't be late. So I was listening to it on Sirius. And what Sirius did a very good job of, Steve Coolius and crew did a very good job was they pointed out that the records they're going to be re reading were just for like the last, whatever, five, six years of this format. Mm -hmm. So even they recognize, hey, you can't count all-star records of before and match them up with this because it's only three on three. Right. 
No, but and, they and need you to know, make you get to play multiple now. games, right? If you make right. it to the final, you're but in. They need to make a distinction now as far as when they advertise it because it is no longer an all-star game. It's not a game. It is a tournament. You're right. That's what it is. Yeah, I also think like you miss some opportunities of it being a tournament that versus a full regular game of having the mic'd up moments and some of the, you know, you have extra time between shifts to interview people at the benches, whereas with fewer guys on the bench, like the rotation goes a little faster. So I think from an entertainment perspective, there is something that you miss from having it be like a more like formalized five on five game. Um, but I understand why they do it. Like, I, th I think, you know, the first year they did it was something different and new. So it was fun. And three on three right. was newer then as well. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it was good to see Kevin Hayes on a line with Johnny Goudreau. You know, well, could you could have seen, yeah, you, you could have seen that um, for the next seven years. You know, people did see that in BC. That certainly um, was noteworthy. I will tell you what was very clunky though. And, and again, I have to blame ESPN on just lack of preparation on this. Like when Emily Kaplan's going to try and yuck it up with players on the bench, know that Nathan McKinnon is not one of those guys. He takes hockey seriously. You, she, He was not going to joke around with her. Uh, again, with money on the line too. These guys are just not going to joke around on the bench during the game. They're not going to do it. So you're better off asking them more in-game stuff and – let them make a joke if they want. But if you try and add a joke to it, it's going to fall flat. And that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. I would say PK Subban was the only one in the broadcast who really understood yes. what the assignment was. Honestly, he, well, he again, the problem is, best. yeah, the problem is like Chris Chelios hasn't played an all-star game in 20 years. Mark Messier hasn't played an all-star game in 15 years, you know, like however many long years for both of them, they're so far removed from it that, even when they talk about memories of it, it's not good enough. Like they need to have younger guys like PK Subban doing this broadcast and Sean McDonough. I can't tell you how many complaints I got, but the biggest one I have me personally was they're getting ready to start the game. You have Shesterkin against Allmark and they say, well, Shesterkin doesn't have the numbers he did last year, but he's an all-star and he's going up against Linus Allmark. Who's the, you know, the Vezina, you know, runaway Vezina candidate right now. And I'm thinking, why would you minimize this guy playing who's an all-star? It doesn't matter if his stats aren't as like good everybody's this year good. as last year. He's an all-star. You just yeah. minimize the guy. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was bizarre to say the least. I would say, again, the highlights was having Sid and Ovi play together. Yes. Uh, what dynamic play that was a lot of fun and then of course the kachuk brothers playing together and we'll, we'll and play together someday it's the guarantee in this league yeah and of course you know matthew getting the mvp at home like it was just that part of it was delightful and the um you know i would say that one of the highlights of the broadcast was the, uh, the kachuk's mother uh, oh was yeah charming. that was great so i love she to gets see it. Yeah. But you know what else was good too? And I don't know how much it got broadcast, but I saw the quotes. Uh, you know, like Kevin Hayes is there with his nephews. They want to see Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby understands the importance of them seeing him in the locker room and he could see the excitement in their eyes. And he talks about that and he knows that what he's doing is a good thing and he's totally yeah. fine with it. And it's like, again, if you're a Flyers fan, you hate Sidney Crosby. You can't. No, I'm he sorry. had a great weekend. He had a great he weekend. Did. 
He really did. Even at this advanced age for him, he's just, he's still the class of the league. Like he is. Maybe off the ice, let's say. (laughs) Right. That's fine. Well, next year in Toronto, as was announced, and uh, there should be, you know, it it being the quote unquote center of the hockey world. uh, Let's see what they can do if they think they can do better than Florida. I think they will. The gauntlet has been thrown. I'll tell you why. You know why they're going to do better than Florida? Because they're going to keep it inside in hockey at the rink instead of doing it at the beach and all these other cockamamie places. They won't be trying that. They're not going to go to a mountain. They're not going to do any of that. They're going to keep it all localized. Mark my words, there will be something at the top of the CN Tower. Okay. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. (laughs) All right. We are going to switch gears and preview tonight's matchup against the Islanders coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and Haiti taking pills and vitamins, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, daily-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and vitamins to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network again that is athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance russ we get right back to it tonight against the new york islanders of course the biggest islanders news was uh, trading for Bo horvat uh, we mentioned it briefly last week on the show but just curious what your take uh, is on what the Canucks got in return. And do you think, you know, that was a significant loss for the Islanders? I mean, it was because uh, Atu Ratu, who again, even pronounced his name a different way again, like a third different way, but then let everybody know it doesn't matter to him. So you could just call him whatever you like. Uh, he He's going to be a third line center in this league. He could be a second line center. If he gets a little faster, he could be a real weapon. He's got a great shot. He knows how to play in the offensive zone. He's got some physicality. So this is a guy the Islanders should should never have traded. And I get yeah. it. You, you've got Bo Horvat long term, but but this is the kind of guy that you know you can't really. They they hit a home run in the draft on him, and then they just you know they they ship him out. And I still think Bavillier playing with the right players would can get back to his twenty goals at least. And that's a lot, man. I get it. Bo Horvat's a really good player. He's coming off a career year. Uh, he's going to play center, which now they have too many centers again. But that's fine. He's going to help him. I don't know if he could help him enough on this stretch run. I know Islander fans now, for some reason, are expecting more trades. I don't know how much more you want to trade. Like, it's just, but we'll see. But in the meantime, he'll he'll help them down the stretch here, but they're behind the eight ball. Like, they do have um, what you would call an easier schedule to start, but we'll see. Like, the Flyers, if they come out this game like gangbusters, they're going to give the Islanders trouble. 
Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. And you know, the Islanders are still a step behind the caps and pens right now. And, you know, they're they're fighting to have a playoff chance even. So right. making a big deal like this in this spot. I mean, I can understand why Lou wants to do that thing. But uh, at the same time, and big risk with what they gave up. You know, in terms of of building to the future as well, you know, not just thinking about this year and maybe maybe they think it's this year or nothing, but they have had, you know, a decent stretches during this season. Mm-hmm. But leading up to the all star break, they won two games, but were three, five and two in their last 10. So a little shaky. Um the Flyers have not seen the Islanders since that home and home in November. Feels like forever ago and just yesterday at the same time uh, where the Flyers and Islanders split those two games. And um, I'm really just not sure what to make of this Islanders team, even with Bo Horvat as your 1C. Right. I mean, it's going to take a little while for him to click with players. Uh, you've shaken up the lineup now, putting him in it. You are waiting to see. I'm assuming Noah Dobson will play. We'll see. Uh, that's another yeah, important he, guy. He was injured before the break, um, you know, but they had just listed him as being out for the break. So he could return uh, against the Flyers tonight. But other than that, it's just Cal Clutterbuck on IR. Yeah, which that's not going to kill him. But the the interesting thing was who will they put in that? Will they give Sorokin an additional day off? Will they put Verlamov in that? Or will they put Sorokin in because the points are so precious? If they put Sorokin in, I think that does help the uh, Flyers a little bit because, look, guys are human. He's doing all this traveling, and then he's going to get right back in net. I know they're great athletes, but still, it doesn't mean he might not be a little off his game, and he could be. Yeah, although you could say the same for whoever the Flyers put in net, which will be Carter Hart because like, I can't Right, but him. he didn't have to travel a lot. He just maybe had to take a flight from Canada back or maybe he stayed sure. in the city. It's not the same. Like, you know, the all-star thing, True. it's a lot. It can it True. can mentally wear you out with all the family and you got to, you know, pay attention to all that and everything. That That's what I'm getting at. It's a fair point. And, so and he we'll had to see- babysit for Sergey too, right? So <laughs> Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Uh, I would say like one of the, I wouldn't say it's a huge surprise, but at least from an Islanders perspective, I would not expect Brock Nelson to have been their top scorer at this point for the season. I might've guessed Barzal, but uh, you know, that made him an all-star. Obviously he had a, a fun weekend there as we saw, he's got 46 points. And so, I, and he's a guy that bites the flyers. Let's be real. Yeah, I was always a, a Brock Nelson supporter. Uh, I was there when he got drafted. Matter of fact, Kevin Connolly interrupted my question to Brock Nelson so he could shake his hand and then looked at me and said, hey, sorry about that, and then walked away because you remember he was at the Islanders draft table that year. So uh, Kevin Connolly from uh, different things. Um, now I'm forgetting his movie, uh, his TV series on HBO. Uh, Entourage. It's Entourage. Ah. Yeah. So, and so he, he, you know, and so I, I've known Nelson a long time and this is definitely a career year for him, but he's always been good. He's always been a decent goal scorer, a guy who could play in the crease and has always killed the Flyers. That's true. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, it should be an interesting matchup towards uh, shuffled the lines a little bit in practice yesterday. 
with Frost centering Farabri and Brown and moving Kate's up with and Reemstake and connecting. Why? Why? Why would yeah. you do that? I don't know. See, are they going to play seven defensemen again? Really? Is this is this really what they're going to do? Like coming, they've had five days to figure this out. And no, they, I mean, they're putting bellows on that. They are putting bellows in? Okay. On the fourth line with Wade Allison and Nick Delorier. I'm even wondering why he's Allison on the fourth line right now. He's actually performing better than that. I know. I know. It's That's it's where Brown should thing. not be moved up in the lineup. Like, this is, again, this is a – I don't understand what Torch is doing. I, I think he's trying to get him to fill the role of somebody, like, who's filled the role in the past for him. But Brown can't play up like that. Like – and again, Brown, this isn't going to help you in the future. Like I just, some of these things are puzzling to me. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting switcheroo that he he had at practice. We'll see if that plays if out. If it actually happens, it, yeah, yeah, if it actually happens or not. But uh, if so, maybe we'll have to change what our nemesis of the week is. Uh, after the game we'll find that out when we recap the game on tomorrow's show but we will talk about who our nemesis is coming up next today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel this year the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel America's number one sports book Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I would hope it would be a Philadelphia Eagles start scoring that first touchdown. And so that's the bet I would make in the Super Bowl. Uh, but you can do it all on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get your, your winnings paid instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Russ, uh, we always love having our uh, nemesis of the week. It allows us to talk about who or what in the NHL is bothering us the most uh, from a Flyers perspective or just from a hockey perspective in general. Uh, last week when we were getting into the all-star break uh we talked about you know keeping momentum for the flyers during this break and also you know having little to no nhl to watch for the week it was it was a very light week and so i kind of missed the flurry of games that we usually get so glad to have some of that back this week I think for me right now, my nemesis for the Flyers is managing this team heading into the trade deadline. You know, we mentioned on Friday's show when we did kind of a intro to the trade deadline season and what it meant for the Flyers. And, you know, this is a, a delicate time on this mm-hmm. team. And there's so much that could happen here. And there are questions like if the team is, I can't believe we're saying this, too successful how do they handle the trade deadline, you know, and getting the most value in return for some of the guys that are expected to be traded? Like, when do you make those deals versus if the team is winning and the coach is saying, don't 
train my guys? Like, how are they going to do that? And so I think that's really what the nemesis is for me is how is Chuck Fletcher going to manage all of this over the next month? So my nemesis is going to be ESPN in general. So ESPN (laughs) in general, uh, everybody was excited because they're like, oh, look, hockey's going back to ESPN. But was is ESPN now that we're like, you know, a year and change later, are they actually better than NBC as a partner? My answer is no. Uh, for a couple of reasons, ratings are down 21%. Uh, you could, you know, Gary Bettman could say whatever he wants about that, citing ESPN plus and all these other things. Uh, there's a, there's reasons why attendance is down 21%, uh, viewership, I should say on, on the chat, on the network. And that is their shows aren't great. We, you know, the, uh, people calling the game, people in the studio, we've all had certain complaints about that and we've voiced them over time. Uh, the WNBA is very close to the NHL in viewership on ESPN. Now, I think that's great for the WNBA, and I think it's well, horrible. That's a good product. The WNBA right. is amazing basketball. So yes, but I but I do think um, it's part of being trapped on ESPN as like an extra sport because they wanted to fill ESPN Plus, and I think that's the part that like they basically lured the NHL over like a, a moth to a flame offered them that money, but now they are trapped. And, you know, for your couple of moments on ABC a year, you were getting a lot more coverage on NBC a year for the NHL, which was better ratings. And and I'm going to tell you, NBC had did, did a better job, and I think we're seeing it now. Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. I think part of what's missing for me with ESPN is the lack of cohesive ancillary content. Right. Where I just feel like there isn't as strong a connection between what they're writing on the website and, you know, extra video content. They are doing some of it. I'm not saying it's non-existent. I'm just saying it's not as engaging as maybe I would have liked it to be. Not enough sort of behind the scenes of the NHL, which I think they really could have innovated more. But there are some good things as well. You know, sure. I'm not saying it's all bad, but yeah, but I'm just saying in the end. I think NBC did a better job up to this point with the NHL. Yeah, it's just some of the people they had doing those games were so egregious that it was like a painful <laughs> broadcast to watch. And uh, yeah, and I think overall the ESPN team they have doing the broadcasts is better. Um, obviously, still some people that I don't love, but at the same time, like I love Emily Kaplan between the benches. Sure, me too. And you know, there's some really good things. So. I, it's a, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely, there should be a, a back to the drawing board approach this next off season and really yeah. see what they can do to enhance that broadcast relationship and figure out how to get um, better hockey content out there. There's a lot more hockey content out there. Um, when you go from the skills uh, and you f- quickly switch to like top rank boxing and there's no like that's it. Show's over. See you, hockey fans. You know that kind of stuff. You, it doesn't give hockey fans a reason to hang around, and and that's for me that's an issue. I know they have some secondary shows with Linda Cohn, and they all do great things. But like you said, none of it seems to seamlessly fit together. Like it all seems right. disjointed. Yeah, and and I would say there's also some really great content creators like on TikTok, for instance, who are doing mm-hmm. incredible 
you know, analysis and answering fan questions just about the basics of the game in a really smart, engaging way. Um, I follow quite a number of them, and it's been fun to see some of these voices emerge. And I hope they can figure out a way to integrate more of that in, in a way that feels authentic to the content and the TikTok style platform. But, you know, we'll see what they can do moving forward. Um, you know, speaking of looking to the future, that brings us to our Flyers fun thing. And one of the things that I have been asking for on Al Gore's internet since uh, it was announced <laughs> is the Seattle Kraken mascot, Bowie, who I am fond of. I would like Bowie and Gritty to do a heist movie. And I feel like we're getting closer to this heist movie because... They did a joint Instagram post, which is something you can do. It can come from two accounts. And right. they're doing a little dance together during the mascot section okay. of the All-Star game. And since I mean, you know, do you want them to do the kind of movie where they're like an Italian together job. by the legs? Yeah, sort of like an Italian job. Style. Oh, okay. You want it to be like that. You want it to be like a scheming one, not one where they're yeah. stuck with each other oh, and they're beating each other up or. along the way. Either or. Yeah, I think it's better with the I think it's better if they're shackled together for like a day yeah, could be trying to escape the law yeah i'm just saying the seeds of the relationship are there so give right. this to me seattle kraken and philadelphia flyers I right the like two them. most grotesque mascots in the nhl got yes. it they <laughs> need to pull off a heist all right that will do it for today's show we will be back tomorrow to break down tonight's game against the islanders we will have our phantoms check-in was a fun weekend for them heading into the ahl all-star break as a reminder we always want to hear from you so send in your mailbag questions via twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.